just want to welcome everybody uh, to our service today, especially if you're joining us online. Fantastic to have you with us. Please keep on sending us your awesome feedback. We love hearing from everybody and anybody, wherever you are, in New Zealand, overseas. And I know there's people all over the world that tune in from time to time. So great to have you with us. But right now, we're going to pray, all right? We're just going to pray. Father, we thank you that this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our hearts afresh. We pray, Spirit of God, would you speak to us individually and personally. Lord, would you help us to hear a word from heaven that is going to dramatically shape our future. That's going to open doors, release miracles and breakthroughs. Lord, that's going to lift us to a place of triumph and victory over whatever we may be facing today. So Holy Spirit, we know that without you, nothing happens, nothing changes. But when you turn up, when you touch our lives, everything moves, everything shifts, everything changes. Well, we thank you today for not just information, but transformation in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Great. Well, one of the most important aspects of your life, one of the most powerful aspects of your life that you probably know it's true, but often we forget it, is actually your voice. Your mouth. Tell the person next to you, you have a mouth. (laughs) It could be a compliment. It could be a criticism. I know that. Do you know four of the major, major weapons that God's put in, given to you to defeat the enemy all come out of your mouth? Their prayer, their praise, their preaching, because you preach 24-7, and there's the proclamation of your testimony. They're the four weapons that God has given to you to drive the enemy away, and they all come out of your mouth. So learning to use your voice as God intended is possibly the greatest mission that you have in life. Because if you can get that sorted out, I believe you can step into a life of overcoming and a life of victory. Proverbs 18 says, life and death are in the power of the... Your words release life or your words release death. Not only to yourself, but also to the people around you. So I can't imagine there's anything much more important uh, than your words. Uh, Most of us speak a lot. (laughs) We speak all day. We speak thousands of words. I don't know how many thousands it is, but we, we speak thousands of words every day. So think about this. Every word that you speak is either releasing life or releasing death. Can there be anything more important to get sorted? If you can win this, you will win in life. But what I wanted to look at today is something very specific about the, uh, the words that you speak and that we see throughout Scripture. And there is a time to let your voice be heard. There's a time to raise your voice. There's a time to cry out. 
There is even a time to shout. I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever raised your voice? Aha. So you are able to do it. How many of you have ever shouted? All of us, all right. So guess what? God has put a shout in you. God has put a raised voice in you. Why? Well, one thing, it's essential to survival. Because if you see there's a, your house or someone's house is starting to burn, you don't say, oh, excuse me, neighbor. Um, can you just check your house? You say, hey, the house is on fire. What, you, you shout, why? To rescue. If you see one of your kids about to go across the road and there's a car coming, you're going to say, oh, Johnny, Johnny, don't, don't. Yeah, Johnny! <laughs> you're going to shout, is that right? So there's a, everyone say, there's a time to shout. Yeah, there is a time to cry out. You see, the human voice is so, so powerful. See, it's taken years for me to develop my voice of prayer, of praise, of crying out, of preaching. And now that I've developed my voice, I will not stay silent. I'm going to use the voice I have developed for maximum impact and maximum effectiveness because your voice is powerful. Here's a quote for you. It takes only one voice at the right pitch to start an avalanche. Why don't you get your voice to the right pitch and start an avalanche of the Spirit of God? Start an avalanche of revival. Start an avalanche of God moving in great power. Well, there are many ways to pray effectively, all right? You can pray quietly. A lot of quiet prayers here. You can pray conversationally, just talk away. You can uh, pray contemplatively, <laughs> just virtually say nothing. They're all effective ways to pray. But I want to talk about another aspect of prayer that we see repeatedly throughout Scripture, and that is to cry out. To raise your voice, even to shout. And you're going to be surprised at how often you find this in the Word of God. So Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call unto me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things. Do you know that word in the Hebrew, call, is quara? And quara means to call out loudly. It's like shout to get someone's attention. So clearly it tells me sometimes to get God's attention you have to shout. Otherwise, why would that verse be there? Why, why would it say, call unto me, shout unto me, cry out unto me, and then I will answer thee? Yeah. Can you see that, folks? Uh-huh. It's, sometimes it's not enough just to pray quietly, yeah. contemplatively. It, it's, that's an re- effective way to pray. But there is a time to shout. There is a time to cry out. There is a time to raise your voice and let it be heard. So in Luke 17... Jesus is, says, and I'm not going to go into this one, but Jesus is passing by. And the ten lepers could have let him just pass by, but the Bible says, and he would have, but the Bible says they lifted up their voices, they cried out to him, and they were healed. Jesus was passing by. And he would have just kept going. But the lepers said, it's Jesus. So, gee, they cried out to him, and they were healed. Now, I've been thinking about this. Why, why does God require us sometimes to shout out and cry? I don't know. 
I don't know. God, what, can't we just ask you nicely and quietly? Because you, you can hear us. I don't know the answer, friends. All I know is it's in the Bible. That at times you just have to, and I'm going to show you a number of scriptures that are going to prove what I've got to say. So my hope today is for some of you, you're going to break the sound barrier of your voice in prayer especially. You've always prayed to a certain level. I want you to break that barrier, push through, because I believe in that may just be your miracle and your healing. So let's go to um, Mark, uh, Mark chapter 10. I'm going to read a few verses from verse 42. Is it from verse 46, sorry, to 52. Now it came to pass, uh, now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And we heard, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him, be quiet. Aha. Uh-huh. People have told me that, by the way. <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> uh, so what was his response? But he cried out all the more. <laughs> when they told him be quiet, he got louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called. They called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise up. He is calling you. Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. <laughs> it must have been obvious he wanted his sight. But anyway, Jesus said, tell me what you want. Speak up, man. What do you want? <laughs> we assume God knows everything. Well, he does, but he still wants you to ask him. Then Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. So friends, it's a very clear statement here. The raised voice Blytomaeus' raised voice caused Jesus to stand still. You want Jesus to stand still and pay attention to your issue? Sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, sometimes you have to raise your voice. You have to break the sound barrier. You have to get rid of inhibitions. You've got to get rid of embarrassments. You've got to get rid of people thinking that you're a bit crazy and you're a bit of a nutter, which they probably thought about blind Bartimaeus. But think of this. Think about this. If blind Bartimaeus had not cried out, he would have remained blind. If you don't cry out, you will stay in your bondage. Sometimes you have to cry out. It's all throughout Scripture, friends. You're going to find this over and over again. So let's go to another one. Matthew 15, 22 to 23. The woman of Canaan cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. One translation says she screamed out. Have you ever screamed out to God? Isn't it embarrassing? I can't scream out to God. I have. I have. Do you know when you scream out? You start screaming out when you're starting to get a bit desperate. When you need God to come through on your behalf. When you need God to work a miracle in your life. Her daughter was severely demon-possessed. Possessed. See, often people were in the presence of Jesus. But I want to suggest that a lot of them didn't get healed, but those who cried out did. You know, sometimes in a service, God can be present. Those who cry out get something. Those who say nothing and just watch and observe, nothing happens. So we have to cry out, friends. 
We have to call upon the name of the Lord. Joel Osteen's mum, they say she was an amazing woman of God. They say she knew huge portions of the Bible. And a number of decades ago, I think it was in the 1980s or somewhere around there, she got cancer and the doctor said to her, you, uh, you will not live, you, you're gonna die. It was serious cancer. Uh, but she was a woman of tremendous faith. And so she, would, she knew how to cry out to God. And the story goes a little bit like this. You know, she would, uh, she would um, the Lord told her, said to her, talk back to that cancer. Talk back to it. See, don't let the devil trash talk to you. And so what she would do is she would get up into a room. So Joel and his, uh, his father and the, the sons of the other siblings, they, they would hear the mum up. She would go up into the room, uh, her room and shut the door. And they'd say, they'd say to one another, hey, let's get out of here. Mum's going into one of her fits. She's going to be shouting and crying out to God. So we better exit this place and get some peace and quiet. So she'd be up in her room, she you know, by his stripes I am healed. She would talk back to the devil, you know, you're not going to take, I will live and declare the works of the Lord. And she was mightily healed by God. Decades later, she is still alive. Here was a woman who knew the scriptures and knew how to cry out to God. Hey, maybe, wouldn't it be great if people said, oh, there's Pastor Steve, hey, Debbie and the kids, hey, let's get out of here. He's going into one of his fits up in his room. He's going to be crying out to God for a miracle. There's going to be a lot of noise in this place. Let's get out of here. Actually, I think my neighbors clear out when I start praying anyway, so they hear me going for it sometimes. So there is a time, friends, to cry out to God. You know, you can't let the devil do all the talking. You can't let the devil keep trash talking you. Talk back to the devil. Put him in his place. Tell him where he belongs. Raise your voice. Get, get the shout. Let the lion of the tribe of Judah roar. Come on, get the roar going and see what God will do. Now, I'm not saying you do this all the time, but there is a time, according to the Bible, where you have to do this. What did Jesus do when he was attacked by the devil? He just said, devil, it is written. And he began to declare the scriptures to him. I don't think Jesus whispered those words, by the way. I reckon he used the voice of authority. And every time the devil had to flee. So instead of panic, praise. Instead of worry, worship. And see what difference it makes. See, if you start, stay silent, you run the risk of losing it all. Sometimes you just have to cry out. You know, as Christians, when we're struggling and we raise our voice, I believe our rescuer comes running. He, just what, what we saw with the, um, the Canaanite woman and, and with uh, blind Bartimaeus. See, when people in the world cry out, there's no guarantee that anyone's going to hear them. Especially not someone who's got power to actually help them. But when we cry out, friends, we have a rescuer. And can I suggest this, that our cry sometimes needs to match our pain. Mm. The more you're struggling, the more you've got to rise up and cry out to God. You know, so let your crisis... Let your struggle, let it be matched with a cry from the depths of your being, saying, God, I need you to come through. Come on. You know, if you saw some injustice taking place on the street, you'd run there and you'd raise your voice and you'd, get, you'd do something. Well, fine, do it for something. What about doing it for yourself? 
You know, why not cry out for yourself and get desperate before God and see what God will do? Even if you feel weak, you know, you think you've got no breath, just say, Jesus! That's all you're gonna do. Jesus, I don't know what to do. Help me! Jesus! <laughs> that's, there's power in that word. There's power in that name. Sometimes that's all you do, you know, and uh, when you do that, your rescue will come and he will fight for you like you would not believe if you will just cry out to him. And uh, he will say, this is my fight. When you cry out to him, because you're the apple of his eye, and he's going to start fighting for you. You know, sometimes you've got to raise your voice and you've got to say, devil, take your hands off my family. Take your hands off my children. Take your hands off my finances. Take your hands off my health. Take your hands off my circumstances. Satan, I command you to flee. Go in Jesus' name. Tell the person next to you, there's a time to raise your voice. Come on, everyone say, Jesus. Yeah, there you go. You can, you're able to do this. But okay, I want to say this though. You know, don't be so far from church and connected to others that when you cry out, no one can hear you. The help that should be yours doesn't come your way. In your crisis, please don't turn away from God. Don't turn away from the church. Don't go into the world, because friends, when you go out into the world, if you backslide, turn away from God, I'm telling you now, there is no help out there in the world. The devil cannot put your family back together again. He can't put your marriage back together again. He can't sort your finances out. He can't heal your body. He can't help you, friends. And don't think for one minute, if you run away from the church, run away from God, the devil's gonna leave you alone. He will not leave you alone. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the more you run out to him, the more he will torment you, the more he'll trouble you. Do not run away from God. Run into God in your crisis. That's where the help is found, friends. That's where the answers are found. Not out in the world, friends. The devil will not leave you alone. You will not find the peace you're looking for. You will not find the answers you're looking for. You will not find the joy you're looking for. It's found in the house. It's in the father's house. The prodigal son thought, I've had enough of the house. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna enjoy my life. Ends up in a pig's pen, comes running back. He finally realized it was all in the Father's house after all. Tell the person next to you, it's in the Father's house. Tell them now, stay there. Isn't it insanity, friends, that people run away from where all the help is? Maybe because they haven't quite found it as much as they want to find it, but I'm telling you, there's far less help out there. Stay in the church. Stay with God. Stay connected to Him so when you're in crisis, when you cry out, there will be help available. I'm glad I'm in the house where help is available. When I start to struggle, there's people I contact and say, hey, I'm struggling. Help me. If I was out in the world, friends, who would I turn to? Yeah, I might have people who would be kind and compassionate to me, but not people who are in touch with God, who can pray for me, who can get answers, who can bring me breakthroughs. And I've found that it works, friends. Stay in the house.
stay in the house. Because there's so many that have wandered out of the house and have lost their way. Matthew 14, 29 to 31. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. Here he goes. He cried out. Didn't say he whispered out. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. Immediately. Everybody say immediately. Isn't that good? Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. Peter was beginning to sink. That's what it says. Beginning to sink. He cried out when he was beginning to sink. Friends, don't wait until you're under the water before you start crying out to God to help you. You know when you're beginning to sink. You know when your heart is starting to drift away from God. You know when your interest in church is declining. You know when there's this past addiction that's starting to draw you back. You know when, when you're wanting to turn back, maybe to alcohol, when you're wanting to go back to an old flame. You know when you're beginning to sink. Friends, I'm telling you, when you're beginning to sink, cry out. Don't wait till you're sunk because it's so hard to find your way back. You know, friends, when you're beginning to sink, when you're beginning to struggle, when you're beginning to go down, get help. Because the further down you are, the harder it is to get up. Peter was smart enough to cry out when he was beginning to sink. And some of you are beginning to sink. Online, in the house, cry out. Cry out to God, cry out for help. And sometimes you've got to humble yourself in order to cry out to help. You know, Peter cried out. What did he say? Lord, save me. Is that the exact word? Yeah. Lord, save me. Wow, that wasn't a very professional prayer, was it? It wasn't very comp. It wasn't an, this guy's an apostle. Come on, Peter, you can do better than that. You can pray better than that. He didn't need to. You don't need a professional prayer. You don't need a complicated prayer. You don't need a long prayer. You just need to say, Jesus, cry out. Help me. Lord, help me. <laughs> Why don't we all do that now? Because hey, anyone here need help? Yes. Oh, I do. Yes. All right, going to say it three times. Lord, help, Jesus, help me. Are you ready? Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Help is on its way. Help is on its way. It's heading in your direction. What God did for Peter, I'm sure he would do for you. We can be really good at coming to church and making out like everything's just sweet, but we're drowning. Ask for help. Be vulnerable. Open up. Let someone know. This is what I've learned. When you keep things hidden in your heart, the devil, you're like a puppet on, the, on a string for the devil. He can do anything he likes because he thrives in the dark. Keep it in the dark and he'll mess with you maximum. Bring it to the light. Ask for help. Tell someone. Suddenly the light of God comes in. The devil flees and God starts to work. It is dangerous to keep things hidden in your heart. Because the devil will work havoc and he'll take you further and further down. Humble yourself. Be vulnerable and see what God will do. Chrissy was a pastor's daughter. Age 16, she wandered far from God. It was a parent's worst nightmare. They tried everything they could to get her back on track. Nothing worked. The pastor at times would cry all the way to church. So heartbroken, so desperate. 
This went on for a couple of years. The devil mocked the mother. She said, you and your husband can reach the world, but you know, I'm going to have your kids. I'm going after you. You, know, you won't have your kids. I'm going to have them. I've got the first one. Now I'm going to go after the second two. The mother was ready to quit. Fear, distress, she was overwhelmed. A few years later, they're into this trial. On a Tuesday night prayer meeting, they said there came a, a desperate cry. They began to groan. They began to cry out to God. God, bring our daughter back. I don't know what they pray, but they said it turned like a labor room, like there was, it, was, and it, was, it was powerful, it was groaning, it was crying out, it was bringing to birth. You mums know what we're talking about. It was a desperate cry. Within 32 hours, Chrissy knocks on the door. She's sobbing her eyes out. And she said, who prayed for me on Tuesday night? She said, I was praying. Let me get the words correct of what exactly happened here. And she said, yeah. She said, in the middle of the night, God woke me up. And he showed me I was heading towards the abyss. It had no bottom to it. It scared me to death. She said, I realized. Said to her father, I've sinned against God, against you and mom. Please forgive me. I realized how wrong and rebellious I have been. Today, she's a pastor's wife with three wonderful children. Here's the point. When they cried out, when they groaned, the rescuer went to action. Within 32 hours, the situation was resolved. Friends, there's a time to lift your voice. There's a time for desperation. Is a time for crying out to God. You know, we need to raise our voices for the church of our nation. You know, we now have, in percentage-wise, the most liberal parliament in the world. The Bible says, Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalts a nation. We are in trouble. And friends, we need to cry out. We need to cry out to God. Recently, there was an article by Dr. Barna, cousin of mine, (laughs) coming out of the United States, and this is what he said. He said, there's a reformation taking place in the church. But tragically, it's a reformation with a clear trend away from the teachings of the Bible to a more secular view, worldview. There's a dramatic drop in basing our beliefs on what this book teaches. Instead of the church influencing and transforming culture, the world is now influencing and transforming the church. These are serious days and serious times in which we live. And friends, we need to raise our voices. See, Christians are redefining their faith and they're adopting unbiblical beliefs and behavior influenced more by the world than what this Bible teaches. You know, the key areas in which Christianity churches around the world are uh, drifting from what the Bible teaches are in the areas of the definition of marriage, absolute truth, the sanctity of human life, and the authority of the Bible. When you start losing ground on those four areas, friends, your church can only drift further and further away from true biblical Christianity. And you end up with a weak church and weak Christians 
and uh, it's not going to impact, impact or change or transform the nation. I close with this, friends. It's time for us to cry out. Isaiah 58 verse 1, cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. God's ready to help you and ready to rescue you. He's ready to cry out for, to come to your aid when you call upon his name. I finish with a couple of quotes with Martin Luther Jr. He said this, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. We're in times of challenge, friends. We're in times of controversy. He goes on in another quote. He says, our lives begin to end the day we come, become silent about things that matter. We cannot become silent, friends, about things that matter. The church needs our voice. We've got to reverse the trend away from biblical Christianity. We must raise our voices. And then maybe his most powerful quote, for me anyway, he says, there comes a time when silence is betrayal. There comes a time when silence is betrayal. Betrayal of God. God's waiting to hear your voice. You would stand up for truth. You'd stand up for biblical Christianity. You'd stand up for the basic foundational truths that have been held by the church for, for centuries, for decades, for millennia, really. We must stand up, friends. There is a time for your voice to be heard. Yes, for your own life, but also for the church and the condition in which we find ourselves. There is a time to lift up your voice. And if there was ever a time for the church to lift up its voice, friends, it's now. We must raise our voices. We must proclaim the truth at every possible opportunity that God may give us. As I wrap this up, you know, you may have thought that your situation is beyond repair, that God will never come through for you, uh, but I believe that God is ready to hear your cry. God is ready to come as the great rescuer of your life. And as you cry out to God, he is ready to stretch out his mighty hand of power and work a miracle in your situation, in your life, give you a breakthrough. There is a time to raise your voice. Let us not be silent for the time is now because a miracle is waiting to happen as you cry out to God in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.